Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast. It's an absolute privilege and uh, honor for me to welcome to the call today a very special copywriter, guy I've known, who I've known online for for quite some years now who I've seen just kicking absolute butt. He's a guy who's coming up to a half a billion sales. I think you've overtaken now the half yeah. a billion in sales mark, which is uh, absolutely astounding a deal. So congratulations on that. So thank you. Obviously, <laughs> obviously what, what you're doing is really rocking. So, um, so that's, that's why I really wanted to have you on your call and, uh, and get, get some of your ideas, uh, flush those out. And, uh, and so we can help with the listeners on the call. How's that sound? That sounds amazing, and yeah. thank you so much for having me, Brian. I oh, really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. You're kind of the guy who, uh, who I've uh, respected and known online for a little while. So uh, let's let's dive into this because what what you and I were just talking about off camera before we started recording was uh, something that's very close to my heart. I'm doing a lot of this kind of stuff now, and it's that dream that copywriters have, where it's easy enough to get one gig, but keeping that client and not only keeping them long term, but all getting them to pay you on a monthly basis. So um, I asked you uh, earlier off, off camera about to retain a client and I'd really love to know, have your input on exactly how, how the people can get retainer clients in their practice? See, that's a really good question because a lot of people um, don't run retainer clients. They actually kind of more or less have it as a one set thing. Now there's multiple ways that you can do this. Um, one of the best ways is getting a percentage deal. Mm -hmm. So I always like to present whenever I do a proposal, three ways my clients can work with me. I mean, uh, the, the yeah. downside with a lot of copywriting that I've actually found, or even with a lot of businesses online is they've lost the art of negotiation. They've kind of like lost this ability to negotiate yeah. out a great deal. Now the way that I do it is I have uh, three deals that I give to my clients. Deal number one is they can pay me a flat upfront fee that is insanely, it's, it's a large upfront fee. Mm. Or the second one, which will prolong my actual job from fee, but they split it up over uh, months. So like if it's a $100,000 contract, instead of paying me uh, $100,000 today, which a lot of companies will not do still, like they, they still mm. have that thing. Yeah. I tell them, look, you can work with me for 10 months and you pay me $10,000 a month, regardless of what happens. Basically, that's what it is. And you get, to keep, and you get the copy as it comes out. And this is how it works. I deliver on all these deliverables that we've outlined for them the third which is my favorite is i love to give people a percentage to you mm. which is uh a, it's usually dan candy came up with it best which was i give them an upfront price which is lower than the initial price i quoted yeah. but with a percentage at different levels mm. so if it's fifty thousand dollars plus X percent, or if it's $25,000 with X percent, mm. or even $10,000 with X percent, mm. that percentage in my contract says in there that it has to last a minimum of one year. Yeah. So that means that residual comes back to me. At the end of the year, they have the option to um, buy me out. Mm. So they can buy me out. So at the end of that yeah, year, that's we look at the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up getting the percentage that you want at the end of the year. You can actually say to them, look, I've generated over a million dollars for you. I've generated over a hundred million or whatever the number is that you've done for them, or even a hundred thousand dollars. And you can say to them, you, I've done this. This is what my worth is. And I'm letting you buy me out right now. 10% yeah. of that is only X amount, but it has to cover me for two years. So this is the price I want to be bought mm. out at. 
They can either do that or they can buy you at half the number and you keep half the percentages. Mm. So it's a great way to keep that routine going. Now, if you're one of those people that doesn't want to work on percentages because some people don't, the easiest way I've found around is around doing that is I, again, is option number one, which is I quote high enough that I can get them to pay me on a monthly residual to keep me on board. Mm. And it's all about how you position and structure your package. If your package is, I'm only writing a sales letter for you for a hundred thousand dollars. That's a little bit harder to actually yeah. swing for 10 months on a 10 grand payment. Yeah. What I like to do is I'd like to say, I'll write these things. So I'll write your funnel for you. And then after we've done that, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, you have access to me as a consultant for the remaining time that's there. And then at the end of the 10 month mark, once the payment's clear, we can renegotiate and see how our, ta- how our terms can move forward. Mm. And usually at this point, as long as you keep a good relationship with your client, they will always want you to be there. They will always want to pay you money. They will always want to rehire you. It's just yeah. the one capacity that you do it in. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, uh, that even if you finished a piece of written work in a project that you're staying on as a consultant and that can mean basically passive income if they never call on you f- uh, for a consultation, then basically money for nothing. So that, uh, that blows away that thing that the people often find where they think that if they're doing, they're getting paid month to month, then they have to do work month to month. And, that, and that's exactly. part of uh, uh, what can prevent people from scaling, what can prevent people from taking on a, a retainer client is they think that they're buying themselves a job for all that time. Whereas what, oh, yeah. you, you just put it, you know, you've got that, that consultative role where you make offer them advice time for time, but you're not sitting down writing for that whole 10 months. Exactly, which is really brilliant. And I can tell you right now, usually you will write for about three months out of that 10-month period or you'll consult for three months out of that 10-month period. Yeah. And then after that, it just kind of falls by the wayside. Like, because mm-hmm. they don't want to come back to you and ask you more questions. Or if they do, it's usually just about email sequences. Yeah, or yeah. does this land a look right? Or does this mm-hmm. ad go well? Or what would you write here? It's really mm-hmm. super simple. Yeah, yeah. So you're not buying yourself a whole bunch of work for the rest of the year. That's, that's really great. Exactly. Oh yeah, and you're still getting paid the same amount. So like you're getting paid enough money for the whole year, but you're also not having to work for that full year. Yeah, yeah. So um, what are some of the mental hurdles that, the, that a person like, like, uh, like me from a few years ago, say, where, where um, I would never consider that, that I would be able to land a retainer client? Um, obviously now that's different. But what, what, what are some of the, the hurdles that people have to get over before you know, they can get to the stage where they can successfully uh, um, uh, clothes and, and, uh, retain, you know, these retainer clients. It's the same as anything. Get good at what you do. That's yeah. step one. Just get damn good at what you do. Um, I have a real problem. People who aren't good at what they do, like boasting about how great they are. And then the amount of times I've had to go in for other copywriters and actually fix their work because yeah. the client wasn't happy for something. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had that happen to me once or twice, but it's very, very rare. And it was like a long time ago. And if I do find out that like my clients gone ahead and worked with someone else to fix my mistakes, I usually end up apologizing and find a way to like yeah, smooth yeah. things over. Yeah. But nine out of 10 times, I, end up, I rarely see that. So first of all, get really good at what you do. The secondly, price yourself accordingly. Look, if you're terrified of charging $100,000, don't charge $100,000. Charge less to where you're actually comfortable, like just slightly outside your comfort zone. Mm. Usually double what you're comfortable with. So if, yeah. you're us- if you're comfortable with 5,000, ask for 10. Mm. If you're comfortable at 10, ask 20. If you're comfortable at 20, ask for 40. Whatever you ask for, make sure you can deliver on that. And more importantly, and this is hugely, this is really powerful that people need to look at, 
look at what you can bring your customer, your client back. Mm. If they're selling $10 eBooks, they're not mm. going to pay you $10,000 or $40,000. You got to look at their actual overall funnel package. You go, okay, they're selling a $10 book, but they have this course in the background. That's like 500 bucks. They have this other thing that was two grand. That's one-on-one for 10. Okay. If I can get them to say yes for me to write everything here, I can charge them 40 because I only need to get them four high end clients and that's their money back in the bank. So you got to look at all the assets. So that's the first thing. Well, that's the first and second thing. The third is get confident at asking. And one of the easiest ways that you can do this is, as I just told you, I have three or four negotiating packages when I send them out and let my client pick which one is right for them. But to confidently say this on the phone, it's a little trick I learned a long time ago from selling and also dating. Stand in front of a mirror, look at yourself in the eyes and just say the number. Like ask yourself, what number is like, how much should I, uh, like, what's the price of this or how much would this investment cost me? You just say your investment is X amount. Mm. And one of the best ways I've seen it is from my friend, Carissa Hill. She said it best. Uh, and she reminded me of this, of this very, very uh, recently. Remove yourself from the business. If you have a real hard time asking, write down the number and just say the number, say the business charges, uh, whatever amount it is. Yeah, not you. Yeah. You're just a fulfillment person. You're not mm. the business. And this way it kind of separates you out. It, it makes it so much easier to actually ask. Yeah. Um, the asking is so important. And I, and I, can, I can remember uh, thinking back to a specific time when I, when I was uh, um, asking f- uh, a client for, for money. And uh, um, I think it's quite a few years ago now. Um, but I can remember just uh, crapping on to the guy and, and making small talk. And then he eventually guessed that, that I was asking for, for the money. He said, oh, do you want me to pay the money now? And I go, and I go oh, yes, please. I'm glad somebody finally said it. Um, but back in those days, you know, I had that, 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 that anxiety, blockage, yeah. Um, yeah. which, uh, which, which I was, I, which was inhibiting me from asking for the money, which I'd rightfully earned. What's really funny about that is the way that I direct people to pay me is the exact same way as I have done for sales letters. It's my same clothes I use mm. in real life. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. How I do. yeah. Cool. Um, do you have any, any funny closing stories like that? Like, a like, a, uh, the, when you, when you've messed this up, uh, um, um, I can't imagine oh. you messing up a close to be honest. But, so. Oh God. I used to, when I was younger, but the thing is yeah. like, uh, this is before I, st- because one of my backgrounds is I did door to door selling. So it's um, so did I. Yeah. So went that way and I actually learned how to close on the job. And one of the best movies I actually learned from, cause I love movies was boiler room. Uh, and it was the question. That. It's such an old film, like 2000, yeah. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi's in it. We've got uh, a young Vin Diesel in it, and you've also oh, got yes. Ben Affleck in some areas. And Ben Affleck has this amazing moment. Um, sorry, I'm actually holding up to my ears because I have a, I have in ear headphones and I don't like That's them. Right. <laughs> so it's one of those things. Um, but what he says that was uh, powerful was he goes, "You have to get your customer on the yes ladder, so you can ask them anything just to get a yes out of them." If you were drowning and I threw you a life raft, would you take it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Pick up the stocks. And I learned the exact mm-hmm. same way. It's like, if I helped you do this, would you get it? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. Work with me and let me get you that result. So the clothes I have, um, particularly, I hope you don't mind me saying it's the exact same one that I use in, um, in selling and sales letters, webinars, VSLs, emails, everything. The whole idea is that you want to remove as much fear as humanly possible when speaking to your clients. 
because the thing is they don't know you or if they do know you they don't really personally know you yeah. and they're thinking about how they can actually pay you uh, mm. if i pay this person money will they get me what i need will they fuck me around will they it's actually your language i don't know if i was allowed to swear or they screw no, me around right. will, they, yeah. will, will they do whatever the easiest way around it is tell them what's going to happen and the easy way that i do this is just tell them so here's how i work dead simple how I work is in about 30 minutes from now, once you give me your email address, you'll get an agreement and a contract from me. It'll outline everything we've discussed, which are, and then I go through everything, and we've agreed this is the price. Once you've done that, you'll get this email. You have 72 hours to make sure that the deposit is sent in to me or the full payment sent in to me and responded back and lets me know exactly um, I have access to everything I've requested for. That way I need to go, I also need to book in a 30 minute interview with you where I can actually uh, record your voice and get into your mind and understand who you are and go from there. If this is perfect for you, let me know and let's get started right now. And anytime at that point, they'll say something. And I picked this up from Kendrick Cleveland. It's a really beautiful uh, way of getting a no. Um, and it's saying, do you have any further questions before we continue? And let me mm. know. I'm like, okay, great. Let me send you this email. Yeah. And then that's how I get the close. Um, if I'm doing this in a sales letter, because I know uh, off camera we spoke about this a little bit, was like how I consistently get people to close on yeah. sales letters because yeah. so many people do it wrong. Um, John Carlton said it best, which is a lot of people kind of sell from their heels. Uh, and one of the quickest ways I learned how to do this uh, was in 2011. I, I really sat down, looked at my own letters, and went, wow, I really use this one close heavily. I wonder why. And it's these four words, uh, enter your regular details. And these four words, four words are very powerful because the way I close any deal on a VSL, on a webinar or a sales, anything is, so here's, so let's just say, Brian, uh, give me something to sell that everyone on here already knows about, or whatever it could be. Um, a product like, uh, um, uh, that everyone on this podcast would know. Let's, let's say it's a, um, a, a, a Dan Kennedy copywriting course. Okay, so Dan Kennedy copywriting course, you've, you've gotten everything that you need, understand Dan's wrote the great copy there, and you get down to the close, and this is how I would do it. So I would get down to uh, the exact close and say, so what's the investment? The investment is $197 or like $997 uh, today. Why? Because of whatever reason it gives you why. Yeah. So here's how you get started today. All you have to do is click the order button where you'll be taken to our secure checkout page where all you do is enter your regular details and complete your investment today. Once you've done so, you'll be sent an email with your invoice and details on how to register your account. Once you've registered your account, you'll be sent to our membership portal where you can get started today in the next 10 minutes. We look forward, uh, and then I just go back into the, so here's the guarantee, here's what's mm -hmm. gonna happen, and all the other fun stuff is that. But that exact close doesn't trip the whole, I have to give my credit card info, I have to give my PayPal info, I have to give whatever info. Yeah, it's yeah. so under the radar, it just gets them to say yes. Mm, that's really interesting. And, and I noticed that some of the language you're using in there, um, like, like uh, from John Carlton, is regular, irregular details, you know, your investment instead of the price. Uh, yep. all, all that, that kind of language is very important. And it really flows so smoothly. And uh, um, a person is going to be getting to the end of that letter and they're going to smoothly slide on down to the button and, and through the cart and, and doesn't, doesn't have any of the jarring bumps that a lot of copy does. Exactly. Exactly. You take away all the speed bumps. You make it a yeah. very smooth road for them. There's no pot, there's no potholes. It gets them from A to B very mm, quickly. Mm, mm. And, um, 
beside the uh, the uh, uh, the four letters from from John Carlton, how how long did it take you to come up with something like that 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 is so smooth? Oh, the the, the four the four letters weren't from Carlton; those were my own. Like oh, okay. Carlton basically no, I that was my invention. Uh, Carlton more or less told me about the whole when you get to the close, make sure that you actually sell. That's the oh, only okay. thing. Yeah, Carlton, that's what Carlton taught yeah. me. So, but the four words are yours. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's that's an embedded command that I came up with, and the reason yeah. it works is because it's a psychologically deep rooted piece that um, I looked at very very heavily and went, okay, what words will work together in cluster here? Yeah, um, yeah. We yeah. Get, get into that whole the whole psychological details uh, in depth yeah. <laughs> if we if we had more time together. But but I love how that how, how that's worded, and, and those four words are are, um, are really special. So. Um, I bet yeah. that works gangbusters. Oh, like crazy. Um, so you asked me a question right now. I apologize for it. That's okay. For a second. Uh, what was the question? I totally forgot. From. Uh, I don't know. We'll probably come back to it and circle back. I, I Definitely. Guess. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think we'll have to have you back in another podcast when I do eventually remember that. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll answer that another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Do a five minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so that's really going to be very helpful for a lot of people, you know, yeah. uh, who, who are struggling to close the, uh, the end of their sales pages because, um, yeah, everyone, everyone says this, but you know, the, the closes that I see for sales pages, you know, uh, can be fairly weak. Like I've studied that under, uh, my original copyright mentor was Trevor Toecracker Crook. Um, great guy. Love him yeah. to pieces. Yeah, yeah, and uh, if uh, you've obviously seen his work, and he's very strong on these closes, you know, yeah. he's very straight and direct, and and uh, um, just so it gets gets the sale done at the end of the letter. So, um, yeah, and it's one of the most important pieces uh, of any sales page. Definitely, and Trevor's a really good friend of mine, someone that I really care about and love, and I just love the fact that like he's he's very much like that. It it was very. very um, validating to see other copywriters do almost the same thing yeah 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 <laughs> some of the closes that i've seen on his uh, copy i've got a bunch of his courses and i've you know, yeah uh, worked closely with him personally as well so um his clothes are amazing and they're very strong yeah. so <laughs> definitely and they're very 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 smooth the way he transitions into them is yeah. just a beautiful thing yeah there's not there's not many ex-bankers who have the way of words and copywriting that he does <laughs> agreed <laughs> very much agreed yeah, kind of a good uh, thing, really, if we think about that. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> um, and what what I like, uh, what I really like about Trevor, he's got his own authentic story. You know, it's it's his, and he makes it he makes it very well known. So uh, if you if you follow his marketing, but that's that's the other question that, that I had for you tonight. We we talked a bit about this before as well uh, about finding the authentic story and uh, the story behind everything for uh, for a piece of copy that you're writing. So so can you take us through the process that you do for that yeah definitely so um i was on a podcast with bob selling um who's a legend of this industry yeah and we were speaking about story and he does not like story-based copy just simply because a lot of the time it's complete bs and mm -hmm. i walked him through like my process and the process that i like to use is drawing out this authentic story particularly for a need or a market and it, and it comes down to three things it's a three-step process very simple to do I want you to get a piece of paper out right now, just like a piece of paper and a pen on the left hand side. I just want you to write, I just want you to draw a straight line and then I want you to draw a line all the way across horizontally and draw another vertical line. Just, you know, so it kind of has two, two check marks. The first place uh, on the left, I want you to write down what is my greatest defeat. 
in context to what you're selling or doing. Yeah, yeah. On the far right-hand side, I want you to write what is my greatest victory in relation to my defeat. So it could be like um, something as simple as I was homeless and I didn't have any money. And my greatest defeat, uh, my greatest victory is I pulled myself out of that. And I now live very happily in whatever country it is in a beautiful home and so on and so forth. And I don't have to want for money. Okay. Now the question is, how did you go from your defeat to your victory? And that's where you start charting it in between all the little keystone moments that got you there. Yeah. And what you have within those keystone moments, you have your own mini stories that go around that. But this big overarching narrative gives you your authentic story of who you are. And that is how you actually write. So for me personally, the way I have is my greatest defeat uh, from a very young age, at least for me, was um, my big defeat was my teacher telling my parents that I may be intelligent, but I'm very slow at writing. I have like a mm. terrible speed of writing. My victory is that I'm actually a writer by, by trade yeah. today. Or yeah, my defeat is that I'm... Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, or my other defeat is that I am dyslexic. A lot of people don't know that I'm actually quite dyslexic and I write for a living. The irony is not lost on me. Um, but that's a, that's a, that's a victory for me. I overcame something that a lot of people would not even try to attempt in yeah. the field. They don't know. So there's the, and that joining of the story between how you got from point A to point B is your third step. And by doing so, you now have multitudes of stories all the way through that you can use on social media, on emails and so on and so forth. Yeah, because if you chart that that path up from your from your greatest defeat to your greatest victory, you know, you've got so many different points along there. You can't you, you can't put all those points into one story and one sales that, you know, um, exactly. I, I can I can see the options uh, expanding out. You know, you've got so many different stories that you can come up with. Yeah, yeah, like so many different like ways of going around it. And the way I like to like uh, compare this to is, so my martial art of choice is jiu-jitsu, right now Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's very similar. There are 10 different ways that you can approach the basic armbar. Mm. And each one's different. And the same as you a story. You'll get to that finish line. You just have a multitude of multitudes of entry points. And it's just cultivating that whole idea of which entry point works. Yeah, interesting. Because I see a lot of, I read a lot of copy, you know, and, and uh, watch a lot of VSLs and, and you probably do the same. And so, sometimes from the same uh, writer, you'll see the same story. It's told the same way. So yeah. it's, re it's really good, to, really powerful to have that way of, you know, uh, uh, having all these different, different variations of basically the, the same overall narrative uh, that charts your journey from, uh, from loser to winner. And if you want to say it that way, and, and, not be able, not have to repeat yourself in each piece that you do. Exactly, and there's another way you can also have winner to loser to winner again. Mm. That's another way. Uh, there's like there's so many basic stories. A book that I'd recommend everyone read is Seven Basic Plots by Chris Brooker. Yeah, um, great book. It's actually more about fiction writing, but you really want to read that book just simply to understand the plot points and how you can build your story around that. And another book that I'd recommend everyone read especially if you're into crime thrillers, just simply study it. And I'll tell you why I, I give this book to every junior cub that I take on board to teach. It's one of the first books I recommend they get. It's uh, Chris Carter, the crucifix killer. The reason is again, remember I'm dyslexic. It's very hard for me to read fiction for a very long period of time. I read that entire book in two days or a day and a half, two days cover to cover all the way through. 
and I was engaged. I'm also one of those people that if I go to a movie, I sometimes Wikipedia the movie's plot point so yeah. I can actually see whether or not it's a good enough movie for me to go spend time to yeah. watch. I don't, I don't mind spoilers. I love them. With this book, I was so on edge and gripped that I did not want to know the end, and I could never guess who the killer was or who the criminal was or whatever it was until the very end when it was revealed to me, and it was so perfectly written. Mm. So if you really want to study story and understand how to branch it into direct response, read Chris's book, Chris Brooker's book, and then read Chris Carter's book and see how you can plot your story around that level of writing of emotional control. It's, it's a masterclass in that area. Yeah. Um, more, more books for the Kindle, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, you, you certainly sell them very well. I can see now that they're, they're crucial to copyright. I can't believe you haven't, haven't read any of the books, uh, but uh, um, yeah. I, I, I love getting these recommendations for the next one to read. Oh, definitely. Like the thing is with uh, everyone's had every recommendation in copywriting. I'll read yeah. um, scientific advertising, yeah, read yeah. Um, Eugene Schwartz, you read Gary Halbert. I love them. Don't get me wrong. They're all my oh, heroes. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. But the, th the place I found most of my places of like ingen ingenuity or like different ideas that are kind of out there is in the world of fiction. Like mm -hmm. how do I marry fiction to what I do? And it just, it, it becomes something far greater. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King is a writer who uh, I often go to, um, whether you like his stuff or not, he's uh, yeah, one, he's of the, prolific writer. one of the most amazing prolific writers. And, and uh, his book on writing, uh, if you've he's read that. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's, that's a great book for any writer. Yeah, definitely. Agreed without a doubt. That, that is one of the best books that you could pick up on fiction writing and actually understand the mind of writing. Yeah, yeah. The, the other one is the... Uh, um, Fifty Shades of Grey books because I, I picked up one of those mm -hmm. to see uh, to see what the, all the fuss is about because it's a huge bestseller smash hit. Uh, like this is going back five years or longer now. And um, my, the lesson that I learned from that book uh, is that you can have the worst writing on earth and still sell millions of copies. Because I, exactly. I had to put things down. I thought it was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's terribly written. But but here's the uh, incredible thing about that book. It's a terrible book, but it's a perfect ex it's a perfect lesson in Gary Halbert's old teaching. Give me a starving market. Yeah. Give me a terrible product in a starving market, and I'll outsell the best product in a in a quiet market that's fulfilled. Exactly right. 100%. That's what they were looking for. Yeah, and they got it. And you you give it to them. It doesn't even have to be uh, an amazing product. You know, I mean, look at I used to, I used to work in IT and. And uh, we all know how um, the money problems that Windows has, especially the older versions, but it was so widespread and it still is uh, in businesses and corporations. Um, uh, so that, that proves the same thing. Sorry about that. I had to mute myself for a second. My cat was playing up. So I just okay. have to, uh, he's being a little, he's being a little douche and I was in the corner as he would be. That, he's like, right. like he, it's what cats do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've had, we've had one before. We we know they're like that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So um so yeah um this has been an amazing info. Um I've got one question I do usually ask uh, people on these uh, on these calls, and um, that is who is the weirdest or strangest or quirkiest copywriter or marketer that you know in the industry? Okay, I'm not allowed to say myself, right? It, it has uh, to be someone other than me. Well, I prefer prefer someone someone else. 
see if it was if it was that case i'd say myself simply because there is a lot of things that people don't know about me um mm-hmm. like you quiet about like my nerdiness the fact that i build jet engines on the side i used to be a stand-up comic so many things that very few people know about but if i just pick someone outside of me for that title that's weird and quirky and strange that very few people know about hmm. strange in a good way let's see yeah preferably in a good way yeah uh huh it's kind of weird because like i'm just thinking oh, like my brain's running through like every single copyright yeah. i like, know that's in there it's, it's kind it's of a weird it's, it's like a it's a it's like a four-way tie for me so I have Shane Hunter on that list because Shane, even though he's not a copywriter, he's a great writer. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he's quirky as all hell, but in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, very, very smart. How he does things, his delivery is on point. So I'd definitely say him. Uh, Jay Abraham is on that yeah. list. Uh, spending time with Jay, I actually realized um, how his brain works is very, very interesting. He doesn't really understand. Um, uh, ideation for him is just very, very simple on how he does things. Um, then I would say my number three spot would go to Ben Settle because mm-hmm. Ben's very divisive, but he's very, very humorous in the way he does it. But also his ability to write is incredible. And he's a bit of a quirky guy because he's very introverted, but he writes very well. Uh, and probably someone that very few people would have heard of, but I really like. Um, and that is, uh, may he rest in peace, Jim Rutz. Actually, or Ken McCarthy. Yeah, Ken McCarthy or Jim Rutz would get that top. Would yeah. get that number five spot. Tell us about... Go on, yeah. Oh, Jim. Oh, Jim is basically kind of like he's an old school dude. Uh, I think he passed away. He used to write for Boardroom, if I'm not mistaken, but he used to write for one of the big, big direct response publishing houses back in the day. Um, and reading his works and seeing, you know, speaking to people that know him, guy was quirky, like very, very quiet, very low key, very chill. Uh, and of course, as I said, Ken McCarthy, he's a bit of a weird one as well, but in a, in, again, in a great way. He's yeah. very loving, but he's very quiet. I'd put Ben Savenga on that list and probably even Roy Farr. Roy Farr yeah, 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 on that yeah, list yeah. as well. So the more I think about it, the more weirder <laughs> yeah. I find. I was like, the stranger people I know. Yeah, yeah. It, t- yeah. it takes a certain kind of person to be a successful copywriter, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think it takes a strange kind of person to be a copywriter at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, it's not even successful, just weirdos. That's yeah. what we do. <laughs> yeah, true. So, yeah, um, like I was saying, this has been um, very informative, great for anyone who needs help with uh, in these areas. So uh, let's say um, I'm listening to this and I want to uh, find out more and stuff and, and learn a bit more stuff from you. Uh, what can I do to find out more uh, and learn more from you, man? Okay, so if you really, really want to find out more about me, uh, there are a couple of ways. One of the best ways is if you head on over to Story Selling, so that's S-E-L-L-I-N-G, uh, emails.com with an S at the end, and you opt in for that video. There's nothing to sell there. It's just a video on how I create email promotions in your email strategy for people, uh, including myself, including how to structure your welcome emails and such. Um, it's about a 15 minute training. That's the best way to actually get on my mailing list, know who I am. Uh, mm. The other th- side of getting to know me is go to my personal site, adelmarcy.com. Check out my podcast, which Brian, you'll be a guest on for season five, which is going to be awesome. Done. And uh, it's just going to be, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with me and get to know who I am. I'm a fairly open guy to get in touch with because I love yeah. speaking to people. Yeah, it sounds good. And I highly recommend that people uh, devour those resources because any anything that that uh, an up-and-coming copywriter can learn from from a deal, you know, they definitely should. So go and do that right now because uh, uh, the podcast is uh, done for today. 
Um, I'll chuck these links up on the site as well. If you're listening to iTunes, rewind a bit and get, get those sites. But on the website, geniusofcopywriting.com, I will chuck those links up there so people can go and, and sign up for those now. But um, I want to thank you for coming on board uh, today. Uh, it's been really awesome, interesting and eye-opening. So thank you, Adil Marcy, and uh, we'll see you um, uh, on another episode of uh, Genius of Copywriting sometime. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.